0: That's ixl.com slash be. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to do list. I am your host,
1: Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. I just want to take a minute and remind you to check out ConradChallenge.org and look at the kinds of things you can do to support students. The Conrad Challenge is really about facilitating 21st century skills of creativity, collaboration, critical thinking, communication. So go and check that out at ConradChallenge.org. And if you missed my interview with Nancy Conrad, go check that out as well at transformativeprincipalorg slash Nancy Conrad.
0: Hey, everyone. This is Stacy Lindis from Podcast PD, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, Just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Make sure you check out all of the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one.
1: Hey, welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 254. I am so excited. For this interview with Jay Posick today. What a great man and a great opportunity to talk to him about awesome things that he's doing in his school, including, I might add, get ready for this invitation-only parent-teacher conferences. So exciting. I hope you enjoy this. But first, I want to talk about something that's coming up that I talk about or I have talked about every year for the past few years, and I talk about it because I truly sincerely want to help you be better. I want your life to be better, not just your school life, but your whole entire life. And so for the last three years, I have been doing this program called Five Days to Your Best Year Ever. It is fantastic. It's created by Michael Hyatt, and it is amazing. So I want you to be part of that as well. And so I invite you to go to transformativeprincipal.org slash best year ever. There, you'll be able to take the life score assessment, which is opening up on Wednesday. But if you go there, you can put in your email address and I will send you uh, a reminder to take this life score assessment. I've got to tell you, this has been a major, major game changer for me. It has helped me make more money. It has helped me be happier. It has helped me have a better relationship with my wife, have a better relationship with God. There are so many things that this program has helped me with. It's just incredible. Now, maybe you already do set goals. Maybe you're already really good at that. I thought I was too. And so if you feel like you want your life to be better, then five days to your best year ever is for you. Now, I'm going to be talking about this for the next couple of weeks because it is really important to me because I know how valuable it is. So just going to warn you might get a little sick of hearing about it, but go take it. And then you'll be in the same boat as me. And you'll be talking about it all the time. What's so good about it. And what I love about it is that it gives you a framework for actually accomplishing your goals. Now it doesn't do the work for you. Obviously you still have to put in the work, but it helps you define goals that you actually want to accomplish. And so for example, My goals a while ago was to get down to a certain weight. And I realized that I didn't really care about getting down to a certain weight and losing a certain amount of weight. What I wanted was to be able to have the energy to play with my kids. And when I understood what it was that I really wanted, then I became much more motivated to actually accomplish it. And so I started eating better. I started saying no to things that I would never say no to before. And it was just really fantastic. So anyway, this is a process to go through that will help you live a better life. And so I invite you to check it out at transformativeprinciple.org slash best year ever. Welcome to transformative principle today. I am excited to have Jay Pasek on the podcast And Jay, welcome to Transformative Principle. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for being here. Can you give us a little
2: bit of insight into who you are, where you're at, what you're doing? That would be great. Absolutely. So I am the proud principal at Merton Intermediate School in Merton, Wisconsin. It's a little tiny town of about uh, 3,000 people. We have a four-way stop, a feed mill, and a bar. So that uh, kind of gives you the kind of gives you the the feel there. Uh, the school that I'm honored to serve has uh, about 400 fifth through eighth graders, about 35 staff. And uh, I'm in my 12th year as principal there and my 32nd year as an educator. Wow. So
1: lots of experience. And I'm very grateful for that because we're going to talk about one of the most challenging aspects of being a school principal, which is... Uh, promoting a positive culture and I only say it's challenging because we are faced with so many different things that take our attention away, take our time away, take our energy away and then there's so little appreciation for the things that we are doing on a day-to-day basis that over those 32 years I'm sure you've seen quite a lot of back and forth about funding especially in Wisconsin and morale low. so how through all your experience, do you keep morale and keep a positive culture in your school?
2: That's a really good question. So I've, I've had an opportunity to reflect uh, the last few days about how our, our culture um, came to be here in Merton. It's interesting because I talk about this being uh, a family. I mean, I have my own family. I've got a, a great bride of uh, 26 years and our daughter's 18 years old and a freshman in college wanting to be a nurse um, so there, there's that family thing, but then there's also the family that we happen to have here in Merton. And uh, I start out uh, every one of our weekly uh, nuts and bolts emails that I send. I I try to send as few emails as possible to staff, but I like to uh, send out our, our nuts and bolts. And the first line always says, "Good morning, Merton family," and it ends with a line from one of my uh, my friends in Wisconsin, who's also a principal, that says, uh, "Take care of the kids, take care of each other, take care of yourself." And that's John Gunnell. He's a primary school principal in Wisconsin. Um, and, and I, I truly uh, like to keep those things in the front of my mind as we're talking about what's happening in our school. So the family thing has taken a long time to come about. It's not like I showed up here and all of a sudden I was the dad and they were all my kids or my brothers and sisters, but it, it has morphed into something that uh, that people talk about, people want to become a part of. So, But it, it's not easy. It comes with uh, With bumps in the road, it comes with uh, great joy and celebration and and oftentimes some sorrow along the way, too. So you just have to make sure that you have an opportunity to connect with people face-to-face, although email is a great thing. um, It's those face-to-face conversations and connections that really help to build the culture at a school.
1: Yeah, so you said that you, you know, that didn't start right away. And so after being at that school for 12 years, you've developed quite a different culture than what was there when you first got there, obviously. So what is it that as you were starting out, looking back now, cause hindsight is 2020, 20, what were the things that you did that really solidified that family feel at your school?
2: You know, as I think back, there aren't any, I don't know if I can give, like, here's the silver bullet that said that this is what did it. But, um, I am someone, I am someone who is, um, very rarely in my office. I'm part of this group of, of educators uh, called Principles in Action. Um, it's a great hashtag on, on Twitter. We have a, a chat every couple of weeks and we have a great Voxer group, but I'm wearing a bracelet right now that says Principles in Action on one side and get out of your office on the other. I, as I've told people, um, the only thing that's going to happen if you're sitting in your office is that trouble's going to come and find you. So you may as well go and try and find it first. So I am, uh, I'm in the hallways, uh, I'm in classrooms, and I think what happened was, uh, especially in the first month that I was here, every time I walked into a classroom, everything stopped. The teacher would say good morning or good afternoon, and then make sure that the kids said good morning or good, good afternoon to me. And I had to have a staff meeting about a month into school to say, hey, when I walk in, it's not because I want you to say hi to me, it's because I want to see what you're doing in, in our classrooms with our kids. Because there's always those uh, times when you get a phone call from a parent or a guardian and they say, uh, do you know what's happening in science class? And I can say, I certainly do. I was just in there this morning. Let's talk about it. So I think that... what that does is it also gives some some support to our teachers. So just me being in classrooms, getting to know the kids better, getting to know the staff better, I think that helps with uh, with building that family, uh, that family culture. The other thing I did, and I didn't really realize I was doing anything that was novel or different, was we have maybe three all-staff meetings a year um, that I'm in charge of. One to start out the school year that's Really, it's only about a half an hour just to, hey, so happy that you're back, talking about anything that might be new or different, and then making sure that they have time in their classrooms. Then we have another one that's right around semester time that's more of a celebration of, hey, we're halfway done, and then one towards the end of the year. But I don't need to have staff meetings because I meet with grade-level teams every single week. So those agendas are common agendas, but they're also agendas that our staff is able to add uh, add agenda items to, which I think really helps. But ultimately, the first agenda item on our agenda every single week is kids. That's what we talk about first and foremost. So because of that, I think that might have changed um, the way things uh, used to be. Not that there was anything wrong with the principal before me. I don't want you to think that that's the case at all. It's just a different sort of uh, leadership style that I, I happen to bring to the school.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's important to recognize just as an aside here that different doesn't mean worse or better. It just means different and. People have different strengths, and you know it's so easy to come into a school and be critical of the people that were there before you, and that's not really productive at all. Whether they were better or worse, I mean, it's easy to find mistakes that people made because nobody's perfect. But I think that that is a really important thing to recognize that it's not that the person before you was was worse than you or better than you. It's just that they were different, and that's. That's an important thing to to recognize. So in your grade level meetings, you have these meetings, you talk about kids first. What is it that you are talking about? And can you just walk through that? Maybe an example from a recent meeting, obviously keeping names confidential.
2: Sure. Um, So I, I think this may sound like it's a tangent, but I think it's completely and totally related. I think that there are times as educators that we focus more on the negative than we do on the positive. And when we look back at our day, we oftentimes look back to say, boy, I really wish I would have done that differently instead of, boy, I really did that well. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just one of those things that I think, um, and maybe that's human nature altogether, but especially educators, when, when we give an educator a pat on the back, they don't always know how to accept it. And um, one of the things we do with our kids is to make sure that we recognize those kids who are doing things that are above and beyond um, what would be maybe normally expected of a student. We live by a motto here in Merton that's be kind, be safe, do your job. So when we're we're talking about kids, I ask every one of our grade levels every week, I need the name of one or two or three. I don't care how many kids they give me, students that deserve a good news call of the day home. And then I have the right of pass to come to the office and kids are kind of freaking out about that because principal's office has that scary connotation to it, right? But uh, they come to the office and I ask them um, who they'd like to call because we're calling for some good news home, so they can call mom, dad, aunt, uncle. I, I don't care who we call. I just We're just going to call somebody. And then uh, I share with whoever it is that we call why the grade level team selected that student for the good news call of the day. The kid leaves my office with a bracelet, good news call of the day on one side and hashtag Merton Proud on the other. And I take a picture and then I send a follow-up email to the parents afterwards just so that they have something to remember the conversation by. So being able to find ways to celebrate kids is number one on our agenda. But I'm not going to tell you that it's all rainbows and unicorns here in Merton. You know, there's there's kids that we have to have to talk about because they're struggling either academically or behaviorally. And what are we going to do together to try and make um, a positive impact on those students as well? So that's kind of how the kid thing starts. And then after that, we might talk a little bit about data. We might talk a little bit about curriculum. We might talk a little bit about the upcoming field trip or a schedule change because, because of an assembly. But first and foremost, we're talking about kids. So with your
1: I love that good news call of the day and the the systems that you have around that, that you know you you breezed over it, but I think it's important to note that like you have a way to get the information from the teachers and then you call the kid down and then you call some calls uh, an and say good job and then you take a picture and you give them a bracelet and all those things You know, for for new principals or principals who haven't established those systems or routines yet, they can be a little overwhelming to think that, like, I got to get all this stuff done. And so you probably didn't start out, you know, with your very first good news call of the day with all of that stuff, did
2: you? uh no <laughs> um it would be uh, just give me the name of a kid who did something really you know who's who should be recognized and they came down to the office and then i had to muddle through a conversation with a parent because you know although i'd like to say that i know all of our kids here in school uh, pretty well there's some some students that uh i need to know better and uh sometimes those are the ones that were that were being recognized so the teachers actually it's interesting they have begun to keep a list of the students that um, that i call And then they have another list, um, oftentimes, of students that they call on their own that I don't even know about. I mean, there's so many things that can happen in a school where you are the principal or the assistant principal that you have no ideas going on that are really, really cool. And uh, if I could find a way to get our teachers to, um, maybe you can help me with this, Jethro, uh, find a way for teachers to be able to share more of that with one another. That would be awesome because we can sit around and have conversations about, hey, I did this in class and I did this in class. And people look at you like, wow, that's that's amazing. But for you, it was just, you know, just normal. But for what's normal for you can be completely and totally mind blowing for somebody else. Right. So and I don't want to take credit for the good news call of the day like that was my idea. Mark French, who's a principal in Minnesota, uh, he and I are connected um, in a whole bunch of different ways, just uh, by telephone, in person, Voxer, Twitter. And uh, he is the one who helped me realize the importance of that and trying to get in one good news call of the day every day. But I choose to do mine on Friday because it's when I oftentimes feel like I need to pick me up. You know, yeah. the best way to end the end week is to have a phone call with uh, a student and their parents. And either the student is crying, the parent is crying or I'm crying or all three of us are crying because it's a celebration of, uh, of the great things that our kids are doing.
1: Yeah. I, I like that. And it's, It's just so important to recognize what it is that you personally need to do at a time that's beneficial for you. So, for example, like you saying, "I want to do that on Friday because that's when I need a pick up That's really great. And for me or somebody else, it could be, "Well, I need to make those calls first thing on Monday morning to get myself excited about the week." And and Mark French wants to do it every single day because that's something that he thinks is important and valuable. So. I think that that's, that's good to recognize those those differences and pay attention to that. Now, one thing you also said in there that I thought was interesting is that you've said that the teachers have started to collect uh, a list of, of who they're recognizing in that. And that's not something that you directed them to do, but that's something that they started doing because you were asking about
2: who to call. Is that right? Uh, yes. So – um Part of it is one of those, it's like an unwritten uh, request for me from time to time. So this is also going to sound like a tangent, but it fits right in. We have uh, two different times where we have conferences uh, in the fall, two different times where we have conferences in the spring. Our our first set of conferences happens about six weeks into our semester. And uh, I like to call those the either the kick in the butt or the pat on the back conferences. So they're invitation only. They're done by our teachers reaching out to our families. The students are involved in the, in the in those conferences. Sometimes the conferences are with a single teacher, sometimes with a whole team of teachers. But I try to remind them as often as possible that we need to make sure that we have positive conferences as well, because if we only have negative conferences, that is a long evening. I mean, if all you're doing is talking about all the bad and all the things that have to be changed, that can really wear on you. So to be able to have a, a celebratory conference in the middle of those is is really, really important for not only for the teachers, but for the families. And sometimes the families will walk in and say, Mr. Posick, so can you explain to me why my kid is coming in for this conference? And I know whether it's a pat on the back or a kick in the butt conference. And I'll say, well, you know, I really can't share that information with you, you're gonna have to find out from the teachers. And that freaks them out a little bit too, right? So um, the parents leave those conferences feeling really, really good. It's almost like an extended good news call of the day, but it's a face-to-face conversation, which I think is extremely powerful. So the other thing I want to add back to the good news call today, I also from time to time will make one on a staff member. And I'll find one of those staff members that's either doing something really, really novel and new, or somebody that just looks like they, they're they not maybe having the best day or the best week and they need to pick me up. So I'll bring them into my office and say, you want to call your spouse? You want to call your mom? You want to call your dad? Because I really have to tell somebody all the great things you're doing here at school. And uh, that message Goes through the school pretty quickly too, so I need to do more of that. But uh, from time to time, those conversations are ones that uh, that really can help us steer the ship in a different direction for that person. Yeah, I've done that a, a few times with
1: uh, different staff members and called their family members and told them how great they were doing. And I did it once with this uh, fairly new teacher. I think she was in her second year or so, and she was just doing. She, kindergarten teacher, was just doing a great job. Shout out to you, Courtney. Um, in case you're listening, but <laughs> well, she's probably not. But she uh, she was a second year kindergarten teacher and was just like going gangbusters and doing such a great job. And I called her mom, and her mom couldn't believe that I called her, and she couldn't believe that I called her mom. And from then on, it was like, in fact, at her next observation, she was like, "Okay, don't come in for this, you know, dog and pony show <laughs> lesson." I want you to come in because I'm going to try something new and I want your feedback and I want to see if it's actually going to work. And so, you know, she took a very big risk there that her evaluation was going to be based on this brand new thing she had never done before. And it was like, that, that was awesome. So that is really, really powerful.
2: You know, and I'll, I'll go along with, just add on to that. If you are somebody who is constantly in classrooms uh, not in your office waiting for trouble to come to you. Uh, there is more of a chance that you're going to see uh, fewer dog and pony shows than if you were only come into a classroom because it's formal observation time. And you'll get invited into more classrooms because they want they know that you're there not as a gotcha thing, but a week, you know, I got your back instead of a I got you doing something wrong, I got your back sort of thing. So um, I've had a number of teachers this year say, Hey, Jay, I'm trying something brand new. I need your feedback on it because I'm not sure whether it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. So, you know, don't make it a formal observation, but just can you be there just as a, uh, you know, a sounding board after it's all done so that we can reflect together on what what was done. So that probably, I'm not going to say probably, that would not have happened when I first got here. It would have been, I got to make sure I'm following the curriculum to a T and I can't do anything that's, you know, innovative or new um now i think it's um just the flip side of that and people don't want to have an observation where it's just a regular old you know cookie cutter sort of um sort of lesson they want to have an observation that has a little more uh innovation to it because they know that they're going to get some feedback from me uh both in writing and face to face yeah i like that so you talked a little bit about
1: um the idea of things being ordinary to one person, but amazing to everyone else. Yes. There's a, I believe it's a Simon Sinek talk about that or Derek Sivers. I I can't, I can never remember. I think it's Derek Sivers now, (laughs) but but short little uh, clip on YouTube that just basically says, just because you're doing it, you think it's ordinary, but other people will find it truly amazing. And my teachers recently asked if they could do some Uh, virtual field trips to other schools to see what other schools are doing, which is basically just like turn on a Skype video conference or something like that, or zoom with another school and just see the kinds of things that they're doing in their classrooms. Cause you know, we can't travel all the way from Alaska to go see all these different places. And for me, like I do that every day through Twitter and boxer and through this podcast, but they wanted something where they could like get a peek into Other schools. What do you think about that idea?
2: Well, I I think that's amazing. We have actually done that a couple of times here. I have a, I think the one team I didn't mention earlier is our building leadership team that we happen to have here. And that consists of uh, a member from each of our four grade levels, our school counselor, um, one of our special education teachers, and our IT person, because it always seems that there's an issue with IT that somebody needs to talk about when you get together as a building leadership team, right? But we have done Google Hangouts with people to talk about all different sorts of things, like starting up a school Twitter hashtag. How do you get a, a school Twitter chat going? Um, hey, we're doing Readers and Writers Workshop. Can we, can we talk to a bunch of your, your language arts teachers who are doing the same thing? Because maybe we can learn something from them. Maybe they can learn something from us. So we have done that. It saves an awful lot on travel costs. It saves an awful lot on time out of classroom which I think we sometimes forget about because there are these great conferences that you can attend, but that means that you have somebody else in front of the kids and um, that not that we have, we have, we have some amazing guest teachers here in Merton. I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like we don't, but when you have the actual classroom teacher in front of kids, I often feel that a lot more gets done then than when we have a guest teacher in front of our kids. So, having the opportunity to use um, any form of social media or connecting this that doesn't involve travel, I think is is really important for our staff to uh, to see.
1: Yeah, I I think that's absolutely correct. So there's something else that I wanted to swing back to that we had talked about, and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, the invitation only
2: conferences. That's what it was. Yes. That is so brilliant. Can you tell me more about that? So we we used to have conferences that happened like two weeks before the end of the quarter and then a week before the end of the quarter. So we had two different evenings of that. And it was through the building leadership team that we realized, especially with our, our middle school kids, our seventh and eighth grade kids, that we were waiting too long to have any formal conversations with families to help them Help us support their children, right? So, because of that, we decided that we were going to take one of our regular conference days and make it this invitation only conference. So, I'm not going to take any credit for it other than I said to our superintendent, uh, This is what we want to do. We're going to give it a try. If it's successful, we're going to continue. If it fails miserably, well, we at least tried something different because we felt that it was an important thing to do. So, you know, we just went ahead with finding a way to spend. 15 minutes face to face with a family to uh, to talk about the great things their kids are doing, the things that they struggle with and then one more great thing. I call them Oreo conferences especially when it's a kick in the butt conference. So you start out with something really good, you talk about some of the you know the, the filling inside the Oreos maybe not the best for you, but you talk you know talk about that, what you're going to do to change that and then you end end with one more good thing at the end. So so the families and the, and the student feel good about themselves when they leave, but there's a plan in place for them. So and the celebratory ones are just a great time to to laugh and smile and maybe shed a tear or two, because a lot of those pat on the back conferences that we have are because we have noticed a change in attitude and gratitude from um, from a seventh grader going to an eighth grader. Or we'll have some more of those, you know, when it comes into the springtime. So it might be a seventh grader who has completely changed change their their outlook on on education uh, and what they can do to become a, a better student. We want to celebrate that, too. Yeah, so there, it seems that there are, every time we do conferences, the people that we really
1: want to talk to, they just don't come. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, we would notice that, too. And, uh, you know, when, when you sit around and, and after the conferences are all over and we get I mean, we get probably 92, 93% attendance at our conferences. So it's it's pretty good. I mean, you can't, you can't get much better than that. A, that's a passing grade, I would say. But we always would have those conversations the next day. Like, I really wanted to see Johnny's parents. I really wanted to see Susie's parents, and they didn't show up. So we tried this invitation-only one. And we actually have had some parents that we've done Google Hangouts with um, because we have some split families, just like any school does, so maybe the son or daughter is living here in Wisconsin with with mom or dad, but mom or dad lives in you know Texas or California or just name the state, whatever, or, or you know two hour drive away. Um, so we'll have those conversations um, through Google Hangout, and not necessarily on that particular evening. We can have them at any time. So we've actually done our seventh and eighth grade team has. Common planning time at the same time every single day. So we have actually run Google Hangout conferences with parents who could not come to us because of a variety of different factors. So it's been a very helpful uh, situation for us to just continue to try and reach as many parents as we can in whatever way that we can. So, and I like to hang a Google Hangout or, or or Skype or Zoom, whatever you're going to use, because you can see the faces of people because you can have a phone conversation with someone and not really know. Whether they're telling the truth or not, there's a lot that can be said about body language and and facial, um, you know, facial features and so on as as a conversation happens. So having that there, I think, is ex- extremely important for us too.
1: Yeah, I just love that idea. I think that's that's a really great way to do things and to make them positive and crucial conversations as well. I think it's mm-hmm. just a great idea. So you know, we've talked about a lot here, Jay. What is one thing? That a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you?
2: Well, I I go back to the bracelet that I'm wearing that says, get out of your office. And uh, I I preach that a lot to anybody who will listen, because I find the more you get into classrooms and you have a chance to learn with with the staff and with the students, The more you get into hallways to interact with kids to find out what they're really all about, the more often that you can get into the cafeteria and eat lunch with the kids and go out to recess with the kids, uh, the more you're going to see the whole child and not just the academic child or the misbehaving child, right? So I think if you want to be a transformative principal, you need to find a way to set the paperwork aside set the emails aside, set the red flashing light on your phone aside because there's a voicemail and get into classrooms when the kids are there. Those other things can wait and uh, you can do those before the staff and students show up and you can stay after and do it um, after the staff and students have left. My day doesn't necessarily have to be a 14-hour day. Our school day starts at 8.50 and ends at four o'clock. So I'm here about 6.30 and I leave between 4.30 and 5. So I'm I'm putting in a 10-hour day, but uh, I get to do an hour and a half of stuff without students and staff here that needs to get done. But when the kids are here, I can't be in my office. Um, I would be uh, whatever the opposite of a transformative principal is. That's what I would be. It'd probably just be a figurehead, and I don't want to do that. I want to be someone who's an active part of our school.
1: Yeah, that's great. If you are listening to this and want to learn more about Jay uh, or his school, you can go to transformativeprincipal.org/slash episode two five four. And get links to his Twitter and his school and all that. Jay, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle.
2: It was completely my pleasure. Thank you, Jethro.
1: All right. Thank you for listening to that interview with Jay Posick. Great interview. Hope you really enjoyed it. And I'm seriously contemplating how I can do the invitation only parent teacher conferences. That was a huge takeaway for me. Also, make sure you get out of your office. I need to do better at that this year. So I would also invite you to go to org slash best year ever and uh, learn more about five days to your best year ever. I'll be talking about this again. I'll be sending emails about it. Go there. Put your email address in so that I can make sure I get you information about it. It definitely can change your life. And for people who, who buy it through the links that I provide, I'm going to be offering free coaching and some other things for doing that. So hopefully you'll take that. Go to transformativeprincipal.org slash best year ever to get started.
0: Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments?